Also uh, present, uh, Robin Foxworth. And ladies and gentlemen, our guest and show, episode 23, Mr. Neil Kasanoff. Let's go into that interview. Thanks for listening. So, um, we do, uh, Groundwork Music Project is a uh, 501c3 nonprofit organization. And our mission is to provide free and low-cost music education programs to mainly to young children. Um, uh, when we started out, it was a program that provided um, uh, music lessons, if you want to call them that, in, in preschools. So now a music lesson in a preschool is, you're not sitting down and asking them to do drills and things right. like that. You're um, not just teaching them how to play <laughs> the recorder. Uh, we, they're not ready for the recorder yet, and right. uh, we can only hope that they never will be. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, but uh, one. W- I was kind of trying to figure out how to grow the organization, um, you know, how to catalyze the, the mission, and um, uh, ran into Kevin Carroll through a series of, re- uh, well, through a reintroduction. Um, and Kevin Carroll, I don't know if you're familiar with him. I'm not. He. Um, He's a, uh, a, a great guitar player, toured with uh, Bruce Robeson for, for many, many years. Um, played with the Flatlanders and Jimmy Dale Gilmore and Joe Ely. And, um, d- and uh, due to uh, a, 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 an arm injury, among other things, he was off guitar for a while and ended up um, committing himself completely to ukulele and ukulele education. And so I learned about how to teach ukulele, first through him, and then through the person he had trained with, uh, a guy from Canada named James Hill. And so I have since done a three-year teacher training program, certification program with James Hill. So I'm your guy. If you want to learn about ukulele, I got it. You got it? I got it in the bag. Perfect. Um... And uh, so once we sort of got rolling with this, you know, this instrument that's inexpensive, that's easy to play, that's a great education tool, we not only um, expanded and started doing a lot of these programs with with, uh, outside of preschools, but we went back and we retrofitted everything we did for preschoolers. So uh, we're teaching kids as young as two and a half or three how to properly hold a ukulele, how to strum the four notes, hmm. the names of the four notes, um, and and then upward from there. So, um, and we're also uh, we we train teachers who are interested in learning how to play, because when the kids are surrounded by people who play musical instruments, right, they will model that. They're more inspired, right? Yes. Yeah. So, is all y'all teach is the ukulele, or do do some students want to learn other instruments? I'm sure some students do want to learn other instruments. <laughs> but it's a good it's a good starting so, point. Yes, it, yeah. it is a good starting point. I, like, you know, when like we they have want to electrify that thing, as quick <laughs> as possible. Right. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, groundwork goes electric. Um, <laughs> That's little, your next album. Little straddleys. <laughs> yeah. Little Fender straddleys. So, do y'all um, go into schools to do this, or like, how do you get your students? We work mostly in schools. Okay. Um, my, uh, as uh, as you, you're all too familiar with the home studio, I also have um, a, a home studio that doubles as my living room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we do uh, pr- programs, you know, group lessons for kids there. We do parent-child classes, like nice. we work with kids as you, you know, kids five, six, seven years old and their parents. Right. 
and try to give their parents, work with their parents at their level and the kids at their level, those kind of things. Um, but um, we are in, I think, around a dozen schools. Nice. And uh, do a lot of after-school programs. And um, our primary focus is trying to reach, you know, uh, students of limited means and get yes. them programs. So. How many teachers do y'all have? I think about, excuse me, about five now. Nice. So. Um, and it's always best when they are professional musicians right. and musicians with performance experience and so forth. Um, this kind of teaching, I really try to build a lot of the teaching around songs. And uh, so you want people who can sort of learn a bunch of songs and kind of deliver them to a group right. in a way that's similar to performing, you know. The uh, Groundwork Music Orchestra just played Music in the Park, the Mueller thing uh, in the summer, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How'd uh, that go for you guys? It was a lot of fun. Um, One of uh, a a Bill Childs is one of our board members, and he is also a DJ on KUT and helped organize that event. So we were very delighted to be included in that. Have you guys been over there in, in Mueller, like during yeah. one of those events? Mm-hmm. I've been to one. It's nuts. They're nuts. It, yeah. <laughs> it's, I, it's there's just like people everywhere. Yeah, families everywhere. Oh, that whole little area right there is such a it's, family. It's lively as hell yeah. over there. It's great. Oh, um, it was cool to see a Sweet Spirit show with you know kids and families and that element coming together with right. a band like that. Yeah, and musicians yeah. like that is a cool mix. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. The parents must love that. I mean, uh, you know, if I were a kid growing up, right. well, I wouldn't know how cool how good <laughs> I had it. But if I were a parent, I would be like, "This is great." This is, right. I, I ran into parents there uh, that night who um, were bellying up to the various bars, and they said, "Oh yeah, the the Thinkery, the Children's yeah. Museum that's over there, had a parents' night out." Mm-hmm. So not only were the uh, uh, were there family-friendly things to do? There were drop off your kid and do grown-up friendly things to right. do. Right, because um, yeah, yeah. So. I always want to. It all make yeah, it all makes sense. I want to go to the thinkery on one of those adult nights. Uh-huh. That looks uh-huh. fun. I've been trying to do that. Yeah, I always see them and like put them on a calendar, and yeah. I just never I, make it. Yeah, but it's but it's up there because kind of, I've gone. I hear they're the, really fun. Yeah, I've gone to the thinkery with other people's childrens. Children's. Children's. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always am like, I want to play on all these things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we got to make a point to to go to the thinkery. Have you night. ever heard that or, or seen? There's something out on the playground that makes music. It's like some giant yeah. marimba or xylophone yeah, yeah. or something. I've never seen it. I just hear it from behind the fence when I'm at Halcyon sipping huh. on a cup of coffee. Right. And I hear this. Boom, 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 All these, like, not proper ways of Twinkle Little Star. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I get it. I understand. I know. I know. They'll get the first two notes, right. and then they're they're out of luck. <laughs> they're, like, following the numbers or something, and then they just miss it. Yeah, they've, they've, they've yeah, they, they just miss it. And they just cannot find that right note. They can't note, find you know? it. I don't know how many. And you want to run over there and help them. You you want to. Yeah. It's like it's that note. (laughs) Yes. With with groundwork, with the groundwork music project, have there been any big breakthroughs in teaching with students, maybe recently or just in the past that you've been? It's been like this huge. You know, like wow, this is you know these students have come really far, or just some kind of big milestone with. Uh, Yes. there have been a few. We've we've been at the ukulele long enough to see some kids start to develop. So you start to. I there's a few small groups where I can relate to them more. Like I've come into a rehearsal. Right. Instead and, of like, uh, I'm just teaching. Sometimes I have to stop myself because right. they're not quite there yet, but they're they're heading in that direction. Um, there are some kids who are just natural readers. They can read the music really well. Um, and I, I've, I've told parents, I said, in a few years, that child will be better than me. <laughs> and they're like, how can that be? I'm like, if they, they pick up the, early. Yeah, if you pick up the music, uh, reading the music, you can definitely fast track yourself if you keep a pretty regular practice schedule. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. a tough thing with me being a band student and learning to play an instrument. 
and I just like reading music was like I kind of like you really got to put in the time or if it's just not coming to you right away it's a challenge to it is it can be very stay stay in it I I find that when I'm when I've taught some adults um, there's a lot of like kind of self-punishment that goes into looking at Mm -hmm. the written note because I can't read it I got to be able to read it and the music the the uh, the idea of the music note is it should it should help you right. that your musicality is being able to read music, being able to play by ear, being able to 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 feel it, being able to watch what someone else is doing and follow what they do. Um, we have a rule of thumb with uh, the James Hill approach. He has three books, one for each year, and um, the idea is that after you've done year one, book one, you should be able to kind of read music. <laughs> And that's a great way yep. of looking at it is just get to know the song, get acquainted with the song. Then you look at the written note on the page, and now your memory of the song is informing your ability to read the note instead of the other way around. So it's uh, it's about sort of uh, acquiring that knowledge and that aptitude on all those different dimensions. Right. And just whatever gets you to the song is probably the best thing. Shocker from someone who was a, a songwriter primarily right. in their last act, but I, I stand by that, damn it. So, um, yeah, and we've uh, uh, really, it, it, when I first started building the organization, I was like, well, I'm, I'm a songwriter. I'm not really a musician like all the people who play in my band or whatever. And once I started, um, so I really built the, the way I did preschool programs from a place of writing music and tried to write songs where you could at least come back around to a chorus that a kid could enjoy and sing along with, but the song didn't stay there. The song would have more to it than that. Right. Um, and so uh, in the last probably four years, though, I have spent much less time on songwriting because... I got introduced to this approach to teaching. Mm-hmm. It kind of demystified a lot of that for me. And I was very excited about uh, uh, just being able to build more competence on an instrument. Right. And so now when I sit down to be musical, I sit down to work on my, my chops. Right. So <laughs> one of these days I'm going to get back to writing, but I can't say I'm stuck out in some, you know, musician's hell here. This is great, like being able to you know, uh, uh, revisit the skill building. Yeah, so on the like more performance side and not so like mm-hmm. creative yeah. getting in your head type mm-hmm. stuff. How do you, do you feel like you have some songs that you just like can't seem to write or you're still trying to get back to or anything like that I, going I on? I think it's a matter of, of oh, I, I can write whenever I set my mind to it, honestly. Right. It's just a matter of um, the, the writing for years was just, it was so compulsive. And um, it didn't matter what other obligations I had. I would sit down and I would write. It was um, like your job. Yeah. And uh, shared them just enough with the outside world to kind of uh, uh, stay encouraged and keep some street cred. Um, uh, those days are just, uh, they're, they're right there. I just got to pull them back out. And uh, I'm kind of wondering what I want to write next. Um, there's a... a I mean, uh, I continue to, every time I get an idea, just jot it down in, right. in a sketchbook, in, a, in a, just a compilation of all my little voice notes. And before that, it was those little digital recorders. Right. And before that, it was cassette tapes. I <laughs> so I have little cassette boxes upon things, boxes yeah. of cassette tapes. Oh, wow. And I really never, I've, I've visited some of those ideas for like the first probably 15 years of right. my writing attempts you don't really some, need to keep this stuff. <laughs> some, some of it yeah it's like yeah I can get rid of that I guess I can let go of that and uh, and then with the other stuff it's like well another idea is going to pop up it's right. more relevant to you now so but still I hold on to the mountain of tapes so let's go back to groundwork music really fast so I mean you started this for the kids what do you see like what's the success rate like what like you know what I mean like what are you seeing it change in especially for as young as they are starting them in preschool it's mm-hmm. it's such a developmental type thing so so what do you see 
through this project with the children? So um, that's, you know, there's so many dimensions mm -hmm. that music is enriching. Right. Like to the point that I've kind of challenged people to redefine this notion that if you get a rich musical environment, then these good things will happen. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, no. If you don't get this rich musical environment, which needs to be part of your life, right. then you won't develop properly. You know, I think that's the way to look at it. Um, your cognitive functioning, your motor skills, your social skills, your ability to express your, your, your emotions in a productive way, your verbal skills, uh, uh, it, 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 it affects so many things just in terms of kind of those, those, those hardwired right. skills. Um, but then, you know, there's just reams of research on um, the thread of hope, the, the thread, not the threat, right. the thread <laughs> of hope that, uh, you know, having some musical skills can hold for someone who's got difficult circumstances. Right. Um, to me, it's just a matter of it's, 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 it's intrinsically valuable and it, it's peripherally valuable, right. laterally valuable in so many ways. I've been teaching uh, to you know to young kids since you know for 20 years now. So right. I do. I I meet families who say, well, they joined the band, they did this, they did that, they got a PhD, and all that was me, of course. Yeah, and, you and, take well, credit that's, for very that. rewarding. That's, that's because I taught them very creative ways to sing "Wheels on the Bus." Now they right. are getting a right. PhD in in microbiology. Right. That, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Which they probably yeah. would have. I mean, they may have. They, if you didn't teach them this, they who knows where they would have gone. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? They would have it been in the gutter without this. They would have been. It it wouldn't be a microbiologist, right? Yeah. So you know that's a good that's a good question that you know what are the outcomes right. and um, to to a large extent we provide the program and we send them on their way right. and hope for the day when we can really like you know hire you know or partner with a researcher and right. really see what the results are yeah absolutely um but i i, I think the the ukulele is like training wheels for our vernacular instrument absolutely it's training wheels for the guitar and just um or you could just play it forever like george harrison exactly exactly <laughs> do you guys want to work in some kind of if you got the teachers for that like a horn program for have that kind of whole element I would I would love to. I, I think honestly I think the next thing I would like to do would be find someone to partner with who has uh, Suzuki violin training. Yeah. Um, uh, do you are you familiar with uh, Anthropus Arts? I hear KUTX say that name all the time. Uh, they you have to remind me real quick. A, a guy named Dylan Jones started that. Really really good bass player and. Um, skilled musician and he does a lot of stuff um with kids older like middle school mm -hmm. and, and older with like i've seen some of his his events where you know he'll have two dozen of his students up on stage and everyone gets a solo <laughs> so wow. um yes yeah, so there terrifying are, and and <laughs> yes, a growing experience yes, <laughs> yeah, absolutely but that would be a good like next step Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. The, I, I think a lot of the idea of the ukulele is it, everything's a good next step for mm -hmm. the ukulele. And I, I've discovered that it's, um, it, you know, for its own sake, it's it's a lot more than I ever would have expected. Right. Um, but uh, I, I, uh, uh, I mentioned David earlier uh, when he came into town. I was like, do you do you own a ukulele? And he thought I needed to borrow one from him. He's like, this doesn't make any sense. I'm, <laughs> Like no, here, here, have a ukulele. He talked about when I gave it to him. He was like, "It's so much easier just to pick up on the go. It's just, right. it's so light. Like it's light as a as a thing, as a as an idea. It's just lighter." Um, Jake Shimabukuro talks about you know when people go, "Oh, ukulele, that's a toy." He's like, "Good, you're not afraid of it. Mm -hmm. So pick one up." So well, I it's think it's got to aid with songwriting too in, in yeah. a lot of ways. I have a mm -hmm. lot of friends who like when they go on tour or on the road or whatever. So it kind of lightens one. up the whole ex experience. Well, yeah, but they have one like to just kind of like write while they're on the road or like it's like Great, their right? it's their road instrument. Mm -hmm. And it's better than a, a, a some argue on tour, but yeah, better yeah. than a touring guitar because it. It's its own thing. It it's better its than a recorder. It's such a better it's, idea. And it's yes. better than a recorder. Yeah, when I had 
band in whatever, you know, third grade, and I I think I would have rather taken a ukulele over a recorder. And that's what we had, recorders. And mm-hmm. that was... We all had recorders. I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We all learned And it was play. not that way always. Yeah. And I'd like to know who's responsible for supplanting the ukulele as the educational instrument of the classroom with the recorder. Now the ukulele is making a comeback. It's right. about a, uh, probably a 12, 14-year comeback in the classroom. So it's it's not just a uh, trend. I think it's a revival at this point. Right. But with a ukulele, first of all, whatever melody you learn, you can sing along with it. Right, you can't Whatever sing melody the... you sing, you can harmonize along right. with it through chords. And it's actually a pretty good rhythm instrument as well, whether it's, you know, uh, rhythm and harmony with chords or turning it over on its on its back and tapping out a rhythm. Right. And I've seen our, my students do that just spontaneously, and, and, um, <laughs> and it, it's great for them to have that tool right there. Right. Um, How many students do you have about um, around? I, uh, right now, Groundwork is working with about, uh, I think, 100 and probably about 185 students. Nice. So When uh, you go into the elementary schools, do you all, like, battle the recorder players <laughs> oh man it's like it's that's like, a cacophony of uh it's like east stress. coast west coast I mean, rappers, right i mean this is like serious yeah. stuff yeah exactly we write songs <laughs> where we just insult the recorder teachers yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. i have this little side note story i went into a ukulele shop in kona hawaii on my honeymoon and uh, we were just walking around this little area of Kona, and I'm glad we went in there because it was the only place to find out about where the mu- live music was in uh, town. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, like, the nightlife there on the Big Island is scarce, and, like, I mean, there's just no... It's, yeah, it's it's hard to find unless you just walk and walk and walk, and then... Of course, the guy behind the counter was just like, well, I'm glad you asked because my band is playing tonight. Uh-huh. And it's like, this is the only place where you're really going to find out like where the shows are if you don't live here. But that that shop, uh, gorgeous ukuleles in there, probably thousands of thousands of dollars that you would not want to treat like a toy. And mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. spent a little time looking around, and I bought a, a Tom Petty record and found out where the live music was going to be for the night. All right, all right. Which was slightly, which was great, but it was also like, oh, it probably, it might be a cover band, too. I guess that's what we're working with right now. Yes, That's it, in Kona, (laughs) on a Wednesday night. That's it. Local, anywhere, good mean. Yeah. Um, uh, Yeah, uh, uh, ACDC covers, and uh, (laughs) yeah, Uh, maybe on ukulele, I don't know. (laughs) We did, we did, no, we didn't see any ukulele performances no, that night, but right. I did hear just, I mean, I know this song is pretty ubiquitous, but I just, I, when I went, got gas today, I heard that Israel, uh-huh. uh, yeah. you know what I'm talking we about. We can't What's say it? his last name. We can't, oh, yeah. I can't, legal, I just, no, I just can't pronounce no, it's on, it. Yeah, it's, on, it's hard to pronounce. <laughs> I can't remember. Um, uh, it's over, what's Somewhere the, over over the, the rainbow. rainbow. Somewhere yeah. over the rainbow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that popped out at me today, and I was like, "Well, that's—I don't know—that just it's like I'm gonna talking talking to Neil later about right. ukulele. It's all <laughs> it all <laughs> ukulele synchronicity weaving through everything. Yeah, it's right. yeah, 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 common threads. Right, right. Um, yeah, uh, take a look at some of the uh, James Hill videos. There's one where he does a a, a little gag about um uh. uh how much cheaper it is to be on the road without a band and then proceeds to show you how he can play the bass part, keyboard part, and ri- uh, drum part to Billy Jean all on his ukulele. Wow. No effects. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I must admit I am partial to the the uh, uh, Wizard of Oz version of Are Over you? the Rainbow. I, I think that the melody kind of gets lost in, the, yeah. in that Israel version. It's different. You know, it's pretty. There's, there's, there's but not I'm, that. Yeah. There, there's that. Uh, uh, no, 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 yeah. no, no. And yeah. it should be. Right. Where's the melody? Right. Where's you that can't best do part that. Part of the melody. Yeah. 
need yeah, we need the theatrical part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So good. if someone's Grum- interested in, in in getting into this groundwork groundwork music project, how do how do they do that? Who do they talk to? What do they do? Um, they should go to our website <laughs> and be part of the pledge drive we're having right now See? This to is raise what I'm money for the about. year, the, uh, the upcoming year. Um, actually, uh, we did just have a big open house and um, chatted everything up with, with a lot of our uh, p- supporters and potential supporters. Um, we I, are, did, I got the invite for that. Sorry, I couldn't oh, make it. I it was it, so. very fun. You would have had a ukulele. I would not have put a recorder in your hand. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, right, this time of year is we're, we're just getting rolling with um, a cycle of funding, which the good news is things are going pretty well. We've, we've uh, In a year when the city announced, the Cultural Arts Division announced to a lot of people that they may not get as much funding as they've been used to. Right. We got a a very generous bump in our funding. Oh, um, awesome! Well, that's great. So that good, is good that. really good. And um, but what what we do with the city is we we propose a budget to them, and uh, they say, "All right, well, here's we will give you this much, and you've got to raise the other half." We do receive funds through fees, but we also receive funds through donations. So. Um, Do y'all have any events coming up or parties or anything that people can go to? Absolutely. Absolutely. The second Sunday of every month, uh, the Groundwork Music Orchestra plays at Cherrywood Coffee House. Nice. I love that place. whenever possible, we have our students participate in that as well. It's less than a quarter mile from Maplewood Elementary. We have a really strong program over there. We uh, we love it when when that is when that show is well populated by Maplewood kids. For the holidays, uh, we are going to have a big uke um, along. Well, usually last year I think we had probably forty of our students there. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and um, at the Bullock Museum, it'll be the first Sunday of December in the afternoon, in the early afternoon. We'll have a performance at the Bullock Museum. Nice. And we will probably have a couple of dozen ukuleles laid out for people to grab and learn how to play. Fun. So, yeah. So because you can of hear, that. You can hear Ride My Giraffe and Bone Soup and Old Joe. <laughs> Absolutely. All of <laughs> These your These are all favorites. tracks on the, on the uh, Groundwork Music Orchestra mm-hmm. album. Mm-hmm. With guest appearances from David Garza, Guy Forsyth. I'm reading the back of the... Back of the CD here. Mm-hmm. They may not be at the Bob Bullock then. They may not be at the Bob Bullock. But they no. may. They may. You'll have, they, you'll have to show they, up to you, find you out. You don't know. You don't <laughs> you know. You don't know if uh, they're going to be there or not. Special guest <laughs> to be announced. I love those types of shows. Was there really, was there... We, have no, we are scrambling <laughs> <laughs> to rally somebody <laughs> at this event. Someone's going to be there. Though. We're going to make it happen. <laughs> The Grandwork Music Workers, who else is playing? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, to be announced. To Sounds be announced. interesting. I like it. I think I'll go. Special guest to be announced. <laughs> That's right. Is there something so, you uh, wanted to say as the founder of Groundwork Music that you wanted to exclamate that with? Um, what do I want to that say segment. as the founder? Um, let me share my big – have you ever have you ever studied um, – uh, uh, Business strategy by any chance? Do you yes. ask anyone? Sure. Anyone? Okay. Yeah. So I didn't. I've never studied any business strategy. I read a. I picked up a book. I'm in a the songwriter, damn it! I don't and <laughs> and um, and I read about this thing called uh, uh, big hairy audacious goals. Mm-hmm. So big hairy audacious goals include like you know uh, uh, Henry Ford going yes everyone will be be driving cars everyone and I was like oh yeah yeah I would love to see um, music as something in Something that people participate in actively, I would like to see that be as commonly. Uh, uh, I would like to see that as common as kids playing soccer, or um, you know any anything else that people actively participate in. It, it should be. What are we going to do tonight? Well, it's Saturday night. Let's all get our instruments and get together. Yeah. That should be common among the vast majority of people in the world, as right. far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, we, we have some, 
wonderful music recorded and uh, uh, a lot of wonderful musicians who have been cultivated through through uh, uh, commerce or through you know elite training but um, I there were the before we could record material it was much more common for people you'd had to have someone in the community who could play a piano right. you didn't buy a recording you bought the sheet music and you figured out how to play it I would like to see um, that type of musical activity get revived because I, I believe that that's essential and so by starting by working with young kids we're, we're helping to create a world where they can start to take that for granted well that's like kind of like New Orleans in a lot of ways where that's a huge community thing and it's being in a band is you know, being in a band and playing an instrument whether for fun or for uh, you know at doing it as a passion is way bigger than the football team and other mm -hmm. things like right. that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You see that, that just, it's so intrinsic to the culture and, and, um, yeah, that's, um, and all, and so many professional musicians find a way to contribute and, and, and cultivate exactly that. So, yeah. Perfect. So let's go into, let me back up and do some damage control for a second. As I misspoke <laughs> earlier, and I want to talk about Red Letter Bible. Red Letter Bible. I want to talk about this song. All right. And do you know what a Red Letter Bible is? Well, tell us. Okay, so a Red Letter Bible. It was funny. I saw your email, and I saw that you put Red I, Letter Bible. <laughs> and I, I was working with my administrator, and I said, hey, um, uh, I got this song called Red Letter Bible. I said, say what I just said. And she goes, I go, go with me on this one. She goes, Red Leather Bible. I said, that. Uh, she said it too. Yeah, she did. So I was like, no, it's Red Letter Bible. My apologies. Though. Because the Red I totally introed the show like that, like the wrong. <laughs> there we go. There we go. For all I know, Guy is mispronouncing it on the recording. <laughs> I don't know. But a Red Letter Bible is a Bible where the quotes by Jesus are, red. are in written yep. in red, which I think is just. Such an awesome affectation for you know for someone who's really serious. It's like I got a red letter Bible. So, right. I don't um, even know if they make those anymore. That's a good question. I know it we should. That's a good question. I, I don't know. Next time I'm in a place where there's a lot of Bibles, I'm sure that they could be procured. I will for right. not too much. <laughs> Probably you would, so. You would not have to give up an appendage or anything right. to get a red letter Bible. But um, yeah, so I. Uh, so yeah, I've been listening to Guy Forsyth do this song on unrepentant, unrepentant. Did I say that right? I think so. <laughs> Schizophrenic yes, Americana, yes. <laughs> and that's a live album. Uh huh. That's a live album, and I've that that song. It's so it it's got it this such a huge like storytelling aspect to it, but it also it just paints so much of a huge picture there's a lot going on in there and i just i like how I, I i love that song so much because it creates this huge image in my head of like you sitting in a bar kind of maybe doing maybe just you know doing all these things <laughs> right so talk about this song talk about talk about and tell me tell us about this song some um well you know sometimes you get it right and uh you know whether it's a movie scene or um, you know a, a passage in a book, or or a song, um, you know you want to paint an image, you want to use wording that's kind of full of uh, 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 that just gets everything across on on several layers at once. You know, smoked a pack of Marlboro, waited for the sun, but it still hasn't shone. Waited for the sun, and he's into Jesus and right. all of that stuff. Um, so, uh, I, 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 you know, I, in, I like the idea of, and then just the, the notion of him, this possession that he carries that, you know, that just says so much about who he is and having this tattoo that says so much about who he is that you can kind of start to fill in the details a little bit. And then to see him sort of on this righteous path, but then getting caught up in trouble it's in a an, bar fight, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, I just, I, it, it's like the 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 story just kind of pulls you along, and and the character kind of his his actions kind of tell you who he is without without much description. So, um, was this a song that you had been working on for a long time, or is this like a sudden passion thing where you had like 
just a bolt of lightning kind of sit down and like you did it in a day it did not take terribly long it did not take terribly long um were you sitting in a bar in san antonio i was not <laughs> okay. I, was, I had to know that i was sitting uh, uh underemployed in my uh <laughs> in my living room with a little handheld cassette recorder. i think one of my favorite things oh. is underemployed like, yes, underemployed. I wasn't yeah. unemployed, but I was yes. underemployed for a minute. I was like, I was, I was like every other musician. I'm like, this over here, this is my side job. Right. I call them my side yeah. hustles. Yeah. I have a yeah. lot of them. Yeah. And then after, finally, I was like, well, man, my side hustle is my career. I, right. gotta, I just got to pick this up and take right. it and then do what I can with it. But um, yeah, I, I wrote that. Um, at the time, um, I had just kind of. Uh, I had crossed over a line where I had a lot more credibility in town. I had. Um, what year was that when you wrote that? Oh, uh, gosh. 97, 98, somewhere around there. Um, yeah. Maybe 99. Late 90s, early 2000s. But um, I had. Uh, at that time, I was just looking for any work I could find. That was one of the reasons I got into doing music for kids, because the doors, you know. It's like, just open a door for me. I will take it. Let me keep my guitar in my hand. And um, I had a friend who was uh, working on a documentary film out in Longview, Texas. Said, you want me to do the soundtrack? I'll do the soundtrack. I'll do the soundtrack. Do you want me to do the soundtrack? He's like, well, just send me. You know, he's like, this is what we're working on. Send me a... <clears throat> I sent him the theme song, uh, uh, and he liked it. And um, it was for a film called... Um, do you remember a film called Hands on a Hard Body by any chance? I was gonna ask you about that. I, I do actually not. I actually do remember this film. I should have brought a DVD <laughs> with me. Should have brought a DVD with it me. It was about um You brought lots of artifacts. Yes, I like that. Yes, I it did. was about about winning a, a like truck. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like it was one of those where you have a contest where everyone puts their hand on the truck. Maybe I've seen this and just You've don't. seen it probably. I yeah. mean it was kind of a thing. Um, but everyone puts their hand in the last person yeah. with their hand on the truck wins the truck. Mm-hmm. And they would <laughs> put it the on one. the radio, it'd be on the radio too and Yes, it was there was a radio sponsor and yeah. So <laughs> it's my friend had gone to do this this um kind of archaeological big like um, uh, cross section study of Longview, Texas, and he found this contest. He's like, "This is the movie right here, right?" <laughs> right. And so I ended up um, uh, getting the, um, you know, creating a theme song and really mostly producing Guy Forsyth for the instrumental stuff, but co-writing more or less um, the the instrumental stuff uh, for that. And um, so, and at about that time, you know, Guy were and I were hanging out a good bit and. Every Wednesday uh, in the afternoon, he would show up at Flipnotics. Remember Flipnotics? Yeah, Anybody? Yeah, I do. Anyone? I do. Um, it's some weird kava bar now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Whatever it's not the is. same. Yeah. <laughs> just definitely not those, the same. All those people who live in those high rises must drink that stuff. Just it's must an alternative. It's, yeah, it's right. like an alternative to drinking. Right. right. Like <laughs> must, anyway, I just right. like beer. Yeah. yeah I'll have my beer. beer over your kava drink. Give me, yeah, Flipnotics. Flipnotics. Yeah, so, um, and uh, we would just do song circles. Guy would lead song circles every Wednesday from, like, you know, lunchtime onward. Um, and so I shared my songs, and when he heard that one, he was like, I want to record that one. Or he said, I want to perform that one. So got him nice. up to speed wow. on it. Very and cool. On on he went for that, so. Did you make millions off of it? I made, I made, gosh, have I seen a check from that one? I don't think I have. Maybe. Isn't that what songwriters are supposed to be making? Millions. Right, right. Just putting that out in the universe for y'all. Yeah, yeah. Didn't it, I know it's kind of a, a, there's a spin on it. I I don't think it's like 100% true, but the guy who wrote, because I'm happy. It like, just millions upon millions on, um. Spotify and he got like a thousand dollar royalty right. check for because it's like, like point six yeah to the yeah. penny right. or something we can't ignore you <laughs> so here now go so away so here's a couple yeah. thousand yeah. dollars thank right. you wow <laughs> thanks thanks Spotify yeah yeah <laughs> no I've gotten street cred I haven't gotten a lot of cash from this song I was just so. messing well around. it's forever <laughs> cem- it's forever cemented in that that guy live album that yes, I yes. have like played to death so i'm sure other people have too mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah it um so yeah he was playing that and uh, i was mentioning um 
there was a band called the Groovies, mm-hmm. and that was uh, Scott Malott and Susan Gibson who wrote uh, Wide Open Spaces for the Dixie the Chicks. The Dixie Chicks, yeah. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Um, so Scott yeah. broke off into a band called Dead End Angels, and they recorded a version of that. I think uh, his version is, had a little more legs, but uh, yeah, yes, but it's been <laughs> recorded three times. <laughs> wow, and, uh, awesome! <laughs> That's a great song. So this next song is a song that was written by my friend Neil Kasanoff. And I asked my friend Neil, I said, how come, how come you wrote that song? And he said, well, because there's just not enough songs about dope-selling preachers. Preaching the gospel in a run-down bar room I sat the sand and tones Smoked a pack of Marlboro Waited for the sun But it's still heavy and shown
others that uh, other people have reported. You guys know yeah, uh, Wendy Colonna. Yeah. So she's done. She's made Noah a big part of her. And Carolyn Wonderland did Heart. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So good stuff. And then, um, and then the co-writes. There are a couple of co-writes that I did with Queller on that kids album. So he was. Um, I was working at a preschool, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and, and, ben, and Ben came in. Ben came in with his kids, <laughs> and he was checking out the preschool. He's like, I, I like your songwriting. <laughs> Thank you. You know, And it was songs about gorillas and giraffes and whatever. Right. And I was like, you look very familiar. He says, <laughs> I am Ben Queller. <laughs> like, That's why you look familiar. Right. Did he write uh, Thelma Lou? He did not write <laughs> Thelma Lou. I take full You take full, full responsibility credit, credit, yes, for that one. For, for Thelma Lou. That was the first kids song I wrote. I kind of love that name, and if I was to have children, I may want to name my daughter Thelma Lou because it's, it is really cute. It's very old fashioned, mm-hmm. but old fashioned has come back around. So, yeah, it's a great name. No one names their kids their girls Tracy or Stacy anymore. It's like Emma <laughs> or Thelma or you know. Right. The, the, what's new is old. What's old is new. Right. Uh, that's what we needed to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah. But uh, I asked Ben if he would, like, I would love for you to just sing a verse or two on, on this recording we're doing. And I didn't hear from him for, like, two months. I'm so sorry I've been out of touch. You said you wanted to write some songs, co-write some songs, right? I'm like, sure. Yeah, that's yes. what I said. Yes. That is exactly Let's what I said. Let's co-write some songs. <laughs> <laughs> so. I love that. <laughs> Whatever you heard that one yeah, day, I'm like, ben, I'm going to go it. with that. Right. I would love, yeah, yes, yes. Co-writing songs with, <laughs> with Ben Cooler. Let's do that. Perfect. Yeah, so, um, yeah. So I handed him some, uh, some basically some choruses that were popular among the kids, but weren't really full-fledged songs. Right. Like, what else? Fill fill this out. Give me. What, what what's this character's motivation, Ben? Right. And so we we sort of fleshed out some things. So. That's great. So also, this is just the Ben Queller CD. All right, that's that's <laughs> the one. Yeah, yeah, I can. Yeah, I have no, I have no confidence in myself. I'm like, I oh, CD's good. Ben Queller. <laughs> ben Queller's on this CD. Yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic. Did you want to tell us about the your old band, The Dead Left? The Dead Left. Ah. The Dead Left. So, um, <laughs> what are what are, and what are those other guys up to? The uh, they're still around. Um, uh, the drummer uh, is also a groundwork teacher, so he shows up and plays ukulele. Very cool. Um, got some that? old got some old friends around you. Yes, absolutely. And um, the uh, the bass player still plays with us from time to time. Um, Lindsey Green. I don't know if you know Lindsey. And we really, it was just, they were just, we were just playing as Neil Kasanoff, Neil Kasanoff and the whatever the right. name was. Um, so the name really emerged when we did the album. Um, and the guitar player was leaving town. He was moving back to his hometown of St. Louis. We had worked together for several years. <coughs> and we just, we had to get something done. We had to show the world what it was worth. And um, so we got in the studio and did I'd say we did the the first album that we did. It took about, I'd say ninety percent of it was done in, in pretty much one long day. Right. And um, it's very live sounding, and and um, and that's still like one of my favorite things. My favorite, uh, like the the in terms of sort of there is as you can hear from the way the songwriting's all over the place and the projects are all over the place at that time. That was a real expression of this is what I want right. to sort of express and personify right. on stage as or you know as this style and these elements. So, um, and that's awesome if you can still, I mean, at after that many years, you can still you still stand by those songs and enjoy listening to them and and still absolutely. love them, and that's a really good thing. Yeah, um, I I think uh, yeah, people ask me well, what kind of when. If you were to ask me about the dead left, I would say it was um, it's singer song rocker. It's like all this these elements that. of post punk and yeah, that's you know, kind of, kind of a little bit it. of noise and a little bit right. of craziness, but also um, a singer songwriter influence is there. There's this 
there's a, a sense of composition that I'm trying to get across as well. So um, that's just a little bit, uh, but it's it, but it's still done in a garage, as it were. <laughs> right. So. Where we are right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's. Yeah. Well, you know that you get a you get a little more raw creation. You know that that whole value to it, and that's, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Just got to give it a little, a little extra time and patience, and mm-hmm. you know, just a little more of yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess in, I guess in a way. Right, right. <laughs> it, it's um, or you just got to have a sense of urgency and just get it all done. But right. Yeah. Don't don't let a recording project flounder. <laughs> get it all done and be done with it. Right. So and move on. We've been we've been actually to 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 my fault on that regard. We've been sitting on a. Uh, almost completed uh, ukulele album. Yeah. It gets tough. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. let's wrap. Let's let's get this done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. So yeah, and I, I think like moving forward with recording, there actually, um, you know, back to your point about songwriting, it's it's kids tunes, but there was there's a lot of new stuff on that ukulele album, and one of my fellow teachers was like, I like I like this sequence of songs better. It, it feels more like an album, you know. With all these just ridiculous kid songs on it, yeah. it has this arc of composition and sequencing to it. But um, let's set up the Instagram page. That's right. That's right. Um, I, I'd love to sort of. I mean, now that I've built all these uke skills, it's like. So I think with the the stuff we do that's that has a kids focus, possibly if we do other albums for adults, I um, I want to build. I I, I want to write them out. I want to notate them. Right. And have like an educational book to go along with them, nice. so that people could learn them. You know, um, they could be entertained. They can learn them. Right. Um, you can sell it as like a it's a package exactly with, exactly. with a ukulele, a book, and mm-hmm. a CD. You got it. You got it. I like it. Um, <clears throat> Walter Traggart has done that. Do you guys know Walter by mm-hmm. any chance? I don't know. Walter no. is um, one of the uh, first singer songwriters I met when I was sort of building my skills in Austin. Right. And he also ended up doing music for kids. He has this great hardback book um, with all these old, uh, uh, where you open it up and there's a little pocket with the CD in nice. it. And then these beautiful illustrations for all these traditional songs like Oh Susanna mm-hmm. and, and um, trying to think of some of the other yeah. ones. But yeah, um, it's and, and he's you know he's been able to, to move a little product with that. Right. So I'm trying to remember a guy when I was a kid. It was Joe Scruggs. Mm-hmm. Was mm-hmm. that was he an Austin guy? He was an Austin guy. Yes. Yeah, I had a like a Joe Scruggs album. I would rock out to every once in a while. I right liked on. it a lot. <laughs> right on. Had some some kind of alligator song I think or something. I liked a lot. And yes, and I, I seem to recall he had like puppets some, that he would use. Yeah, there was maybe some stuff like that. And yep. Yeah, I've seen I've seen him. It's been many years. There were two Joes. There was Joe Scruggs and Joe McDermott, both doing kids. Okay, yeah, I think I kind of, yeah, maybe confused those two guys sometimes. Right, right. But both children's music. Both children's okay. music. Okay. Yes. Well, there was a children's artist playing at ACL, wasn't there? I'm um, dying to get on that ACL children's stage. I would rock that stage if they would ever give me an opportunity. Or there's a children's stage. Yeah. Yes. It's, okay. Yeah. Okay. Kitty, Austin, Austin Kitty, Kitty Limits. limits. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lisa Loeb played Lisa in Loeb, Austin, yeah. mm-hmm. Austin's mm-hmm. Kitty Limits this year. Yes, yes, she did. That's as much as I know about that, but I was just bringing that up. That's as much to... as I know about okay. it, too. I was <laughs> there, but I didn't go to Austin Kitty Limits at all. Right, right, right. I was doing other things <laughs> yeah. that did not involve kitties. Yes, I, I, had, I had a year where I, uh, a friend of mine called and said, I'm doing the Austin Kitty Limits stage, but I don't do a, as much kids music as you. Can we use one of your songs? <laughs> And you're like, like why are they I not should be on that stage. <laughs> <laughs> I should be on that stage. Hey, C3, mm-hmm. put Neil Kassanoff on the Austin City Limit stage in 2020. The year that I got She's closest, like a nationally you know what they said to me? Children's you will appreciate this after I dropped this name so much. I yeah. said, we'd love to have you. Do you think you could get Ben to do some songs with you? <laughs> There you go. Wait, there the last is. time I saw Ben Queller at ACL, he had tampons shoved up his Yes, that was, oh, yeah. yeah. yes, that was a yeah. famous moment. It was a famous moment. Like, right. yeah. I think he, like, called out and was like, does anyone have a tampon? All right, right. Like, it, and then just girls just started, like. something for his bloody his, nose, and that's what she had. He rained yeah. down yeah. onto the stage. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And they want big well, That's a good fix for a bloody nose. <laughs> yeah. It yeah, is. It but he like played half his set with a <laughs> with, with tampon stuck yeah. in his. This nose. was this was a very memorable show. This a was a very people, people I mean, are still talking about people, the tampon incident today. Obviously, right now, huge. right this minute, as a right this of fact, minute, yeah. we're having a conversation. It's still alive. It's about like, Ben Queller yes, putting yes. tampons up his nose. Yes, the, the tampon incident. <laughs> <laughs> the great tampon incident of what was that twenty eleven? Yeah, it was something yeah. like yeah. yeah. It was it was a while a while back. Mm-hmm. What what year was it that Arcade Fire played that it was like one hundred and forty eight degrees? Yeah, it was like and, and it was ten degrees awful. hotter than it was in Death Valley that right, day. Right? Yeah, oh, it was no. like and it was like it was it was the year right before they oh, ended no. up moving it into October. Right. Right. So I think yeah, yeah I think like, it was like is, in the beginning of problem. September. Gotta get it. Yeah, new dates. Yeah. Uh, or was it the year that they moved it to October and it and just it turned out still to be hot. A, a heat wave day? Right. It right? could have been that too. I don't remember. <laughs> I remember it being there, but I don't. I remember it being hot. It was. It was the year hot. after the muddy year. Mm. Yes. Yes. The Dillo the, dirt. The mud, Dillo. Mud yes. Fest. Yes. Austin. Austin shitty limits. Yes. <laughs> yes. It was awful. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's that's the festival has had its ups and downs. Yes, it has. Do you have? Do you all have a favorite show you've seen at ACL? I mean, I'm gonna, I'm, I, I'm just gonna say that Paul McCartney was the greatest was thing it. I've ever seen at ACL. And then next to that, I'm gonna say, and I didn't think this would be beat, but um, a few years ago when Willie Nelson played on Sunday at like 4 p.m. Nice. and like brought everyone to church. Right. Uh-huh. Like that was kind of an extremely magical moment uh-huh. until I saw Paul McCartney. Right, right. It sounds like that Paul McCartney show was, it wasn't just Paul McCartney. It was a magical moment. It, it was, was like a special most, show. Yeah, it was It was one of those. I, and I saw, I, I went both weekends because after seeing, I, mean, I had wristbands for the first weekend and that Friday was just incredible anyway because you had David Byrne mm. who like a lot of magic whatever in that yeah. that thing he's and doing it seems on like this he's tour really this connecting year, with everyone yeah it's yeah. like completely totally insane mm-hmm. um, but you had David Byrne you had Father John Misty who like you never know what you're gonna get and it was beautiful and uh, you had the national and then you had Sir Paul McCartney, who was a beetle, who, and it was, like, that first night, that first weekend, it was, like, me and four of my friends, and we're, like, hanging out with this other people, and the next thing you know, we're all friends, we're all singing, we're all crying, we're all, like, this isn't really happening to us. Um, I, yeah, I had seen him years ago in, uh, at RFK Stadium yeah. in, in D.C. area, but... I don't think I saw a show as magical as I just when I saw everybody's Facebook posts and I, I was not at this show comments. by the way I'm so jealous yeah. I was not yeah. there no I think yeah. this was a but you guys had if we had a FOMO thing. it was it was not unfounded this time right. I think yeah. we we missed a good one with it was one. really it was so. really something like two hours a little over two hours of just complete total amazingness yeah. And Neil, as a as an artist, do you have any other you have any burning desires you want to get off your chest that you want to you want to cement in this <laughs> in this show? Um, gosh, you know, I would love the um, the burning desire, <laughs> the burning desire. I think uh, I have so many, but <laughs> I love the way John D. Graham has it locked in with his residencies, man. Like if I could do that, I would be. He sure uh, he sure does. Stoked, you know, he's got this. It's Rain there in Man. the Chronicle, every right there, every time, like <laughs> every time. old reliable. Old reliable. I I uh, uh, it was sad when the, you know he had in addition to his Wednesdays at Continental Club, he right. had Sunday nights, um, at uh the uh, uh, Continental Gallery. Like to me, that sort of just Rain Man regularity, of of, <laughs> of gigs that you just can count on with an intimate crowd to be able to just sort of meditate on that week to week um, um, and put a few dollars in your pocket. I would be pretty right. stoked about I would be pretty stoked. <laughs> yeah, about. he just never he so. just never given up on that. And yeah. that's just, uh, you know, chopping wood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's nothing else to gain. Like, right. that is the thing. Right. I mean, well, I think that's, it's, that's it's not sufficient it. on its own. But right. like 
that's one of those things that you want to get when you're a musician is to walk into that room with familiar faces sharing that moment in that familiar way right. every week. So, yeah, you were going to say? No, I was going to say that's what I think so great about what what John D. Graham does weekly. It, like, he's he's done it all. He's, mm-hmm. like, gone and done. And the fact that, like, this is what he's giving to us now yes. is pretty special. Yes. Well, to- he, he only took time off. Right? He had a car accident, and he had to take some... There was like some time off. Was that something? Okay. I don't know what you're talking about, but. Yeah, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe so. Possibly. John D. This was years and years (laughs) ago. (laughs) Glad glad you got past it. Uh, Thanks for coming Uh, back. Yeah. 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 We'll see you next week. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I think just, uh, uh, you you know, the. the desire would be to to rise to enough prominence to build that a following like that where you can you you, you got some scratch coming in you you got your bills paid for and you got people who are familiar with your songs right. so um, that is that call it pie in the sky right right but that's that's really what what it's about I think that yeah. um, uh, the, the 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 fame the, the 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 big opportunities I'm sure they are. Those are amazing moments, but, but too much icing gives you a stomach ache, and right. life life is cake, and uh, you know ultimately you want to just be able to play songs that people connect with, and and with audiences that just show up. No, oh, well said. Right. I agree so, with that. I agree with that too. Yeah. And what yeah. a great place like the Continental Club. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Robin, you got any other uh, final? No, I think things. Know, I, I always have final things. Neil Kasanoff. Thank you very much. <laughs> I mean, the desires. <laughs> the, the burning, no, the, the the burning, burning desires. desires. I don't know if, I I don't don't know. Know if we don't can know. go anywhere past that. That's, that's it. <laughs> and sing. And cut. <laughs> burning desires done. Done. Yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thank you so much, Neil. Thank you. Down in 
San Antonio try to turn the other cheek. I try to tell those boys about their Lord and Savior, but they wouldn't let me speak. It kept raining through the day, and I can't play another game of dominoes. The good old boys are telling me that I'd be better off out on the road. I got my red letter Bible with the zipper leather cover, all the good parts bookmarked, pages folded over, maybe me and Jesus need to make a way home, but the tattoo on my arm says, born to Rome, I was born to Rome, born to Rome, I was born to Time I pinned that one on ukulele. Yeah. <laughs>